loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired to create a deeper life to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today, I'm talking with Patricia Bahia. Patricia is an American indie pop singer, songwriter, and cancer survivor. With a voice as smooth as polished stone that's been through the rock tumbler of life and a collection of frank, sparkling indie pop tunes in the vein of Amy Mann, Ingrid Michelson, and Sarah Bareilles, she lives her bucket list and inspires others to do the same. A former jazz and gospel singer, Patricia started out as a soloist with the acclaimed Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, we have that in common, where she recorded with Linda Ronstadt, performed with Joan Baez, and opened for Bonnie Raitt. She discovered a bucket list desire to write songs during successful treatment for ovarian cancer 13 years ago, wow, and was reborn as a singer-songwriter. Now healed, she's on a mission to spread love, healing, joy, and peace through the power of words and music and to inspire others to follow their dreams. Her most recent project is Seventh and Hope, a collaboration with London-based singer-songwriter Betty Lawrence. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Um, Full disclosure, we do know each other just a little bit because you were a member of the choir I'm now a member of, and um, we were fortunate to to be together at our recent conference for the Oakland Interfaith Faith Gospel Choir. That's where you, right. Where you put on an awesome workshop. I was in your workshop. Oh, thank you. So thanks for that. Um so let's talk about how you came to to um, to music. Were you already in the choir before your diagnosis? Oh yes, yeah. Um, I joined the choir. I'm one of the um, charter members, so I joined uh, about two months into uh, the formation of the choir. So that's roughly 30 years ago, yes? Uh-huh, yes. It, yeah, actually, You 30, must have been five years old. <laughs> 31 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was 1986. And uh, had you always, has, had you always, you know, sung, done music? Uh, yeah. Had that as kind of a, a sideline, I guess, at that point? Well, I had grown up loving music and doing music of various different kinds. Um, I sang in choirs. Uh, I played the clarinet. I was in the marching band in high school and junior high. Um, I also had piano lessons and voice lessons. And uh, I just loved music. Um, It was just always something that I wanted to do. And... um, I had a little gap in doing music during college because I wasn't um, encouraged. I actually recall that I wasn't allowed <laughs> to major in music. Um, I think my parents differ in our in our recollections of that. Um, <laughs> As is often the case. <laughs> um, so, but I definitely was not encouraged to pursue music as a as any kind of career. Um, you know, the idea was to do something practical, like be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or a teacher or something like that. So um, so I decided, well, if I can't do music, then I'm just not going to do it at all. You know, I had one of those things. Uh-huh. <laughs> that lasted about four years of college. And then when I started into law school, because I, I, you know, was doing what I was supposed to do, um, I just couldn't take it anymore you know a life without making music so I started back in again um, at that point so when I joined the choir um, I think it was like the the year after I graduated from school from law school yes uh uh-huh so I was were you were you practicing law at that time yes yeah I was a baby lawyer (laughs) 
My my daughter's best friend is about to be a baby lawyer, so that's uh-huh. why I, I was yeah. terrified. That. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the choir was a fantastic experience. I was in that choir for 20 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know from being in the choir, too, that even if you're not uh, trying to, it really develops... It's, it's developed me musically a tremendous amount, even yes. though I've sung my whole life. Very yes. different. Um, having that Terrence Kelly teaching and <laughs> all the performance experience. And so were you right away doing soloing and, um, you know, kind of um, taking a front seat there? Or was that a development over time? Um, it started relatively soon because I had been um, also uh, developing myself as a jazz singer. Um, so I had kind of two things going at the same time. And I was performing with trios um, throughout the Bay Area uh, during the time that I was in the choir. So I kind of, you know, cross-pollinated between those two things. Cross-pollinated, I like yeah. that. And so then, roughly 13 years ago, you were diagnosed with cancer, which I work in the cancer field, so right. I, I, I have some sense of what that might have been like, but um, what was it like for you? Well, um, it, was a, it was a big turning point for me. Um, you know, I had had this lifelong love of music and desire um, to live a life fully in music. And uh, my husband and I had started a company um, with the idea that if we were our own bosses, that we would have more time to pursue our artistic careers. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, anybody who's had their own business knows, you know, you're free to work any eight hours of the week that you like. Um, (laughs) Or 24. (laughs) You know, 24 hours of the day that you prefer. Um, So it didn't leave a lot of time uh, for music. And ironically, being my own boss... um, I ended up doing less and less music, and uh, it wasn't until I had the cancer diagnosis that, you know, everything sort of came to a halt, and um, I looked at how I was living my life, and the fact that music was becoming a smaller and smaller sliver of the pie, and that I wasn't satisfied with that. And so I made some big changes, and one of them was to really dive just right into uh, a life of music, and specifically writing songs, because that was something that I had always wanted to do, but I didn't give myself permission, and I also didn't think somehow that I had the I thought it was for people who had like some kind of special gene or something that I didn't have, you know, <laughs> like some special talent. And it was like magic, you know, and I still think songwriting is kind of magical and it really mm-hmm. is an act of magic. But I believe it's something that can be um, nurtured and developed. And, you know, it's you don't have to be born knowing how to do it. This seems like a good moment to share just a little clip from one of your songs, The Long Road Home. Do you want to say anything about it before uh, we play that? Yeah. Um, Actually, it's interesting that you would choose this one because I hadn't um, sort of highlighted it. But after uh, after you say that, I'm like, you know, that that makes a lot of sense um, because it was my first song about my experience with cancer. Um, it's the first song I actually wrote about that experience and um, it was kind of around the time I I think a lot of well I just should just speak for myself but I didn't really claim cancer survivorship 
until I was five years cancer-free. Mm. I pretty much didn't talk about it at all, and I didn't write any songs about it. I was sort of afraid to jinx it, I think, was... <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, can, I can well imagine. Yeah, so, so this song was written... Um, and actually, uh, the cancer diagnosis was 14 years ago. I need to update my um, my bio. <laughs> but so this Time was written. Does yeah, so this was uh, it was written right around the time of my five year um, anniversary, and I I felt at that point that I could claim, you know, survivorship and and kind of tell my story. So that's what I did in this song. It'll be just a tiny segment, but uh, I think it it conveys what you're talking about. Let's play that now. Once upon a time, I had it all figured out. Set my life on cruise control, but I found out. Just one moment, everything changes. For 3 a.m. and I'm pacing the floor Thinking about my life and what I'm living for How I'm gonna make it You know, that that could be the theme song. I have a theme song for this show, but that could be it as well. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that that these very difficult experiences sometimes do lead to something very unexpected. And um, maybe magic's a good word for that, too. Something yes. you, would, you couldn't have exactly planned. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. But I wonder if the five-year thing might have also had to do with the fact that uh, in my experience myself and observing lots of people, it can take a while to connect the dots or, um, you know, some things maybe change right away and some things seem to take longer to get perspective on? I don't know if that was true for you. Um, I do think that it was true. I mean, obviously, I uh, I didn't just decide. Well, in a way, I did. I sort of decided to start writing songs and just started doing it. Um, but they were sort of like the... Uh, you know when you make pancakes on a griddle? Mm. Um, the first pancake or two, they're kind of like the test pancakes. <laughs> and they, don't, <laughs> they don't usually turn out to be that... They might taste okay, but they really don't look all that good. Um, and sometimes they don't taste that great. That I, I, I feel like my first, you know, my first forays into songwriting, they were completely magical to me because I was doing this thing that I'd always wanted to do, but um, they weren't quite ready for uh, being let loose on the world. So, yeah, it probably took me five years of of writing songs to get to the point where I could write Long Road Home. But, but you do imply, and I just want to see if this is true, that you had a pretty immediate... Uh, different relationship to music when you were diagnosed. That, yeah. That, so that's sort of like a, an epiphany then, huh? Yes, um, and it's interesting too because um, the epiphany was brought on by um, a conversation I had with a, a musician friend 
And he doesn't recall the conversation at all. And this, I don't know, 15-minute conversation, maybe half-an-hour conversation, was the, the catalyst for me to make this huge life change. And basically, what what happened is um, I was going through chemotherapy. Could we come back to? Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Hold on. Could we come back to that after the break? Because I don't yeah. want to rush it. That sounds okay. important. Okay. So, listeners, you can find my my links to my website and social media at the Good Grief page at Voice America. Please go to my Facebook page, follow me on Twitter, do all that kind of stuff, and keep in touch with me. And to find Patricia Bahia, go to Patricia Bahia. It's B-A-H-I-A dot com. Be back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Patricia Bejia, a singer-songwriter who committed to her music full-time after a cancer diagnosis. And Patricia, before the break, you were about to tell me about a conversation with a musician friend that really cemented this new direction that the person doesn't remember, which I find very um entertaining in a way (laughs) you know (laughs) I mean that happens to us doesn't it that some big impact we've had on somebody doesn't even stay in our own mind Um, but tell me about that conversation well um, it was probably about halfway through the six months of of chemotherapy um, and I had people coming over to the house, you know, and just hanging out with me because I really couldn't go anywhere. The The chemo was really hard on me um, physically. And, you know, I, I would have like about two weeks where I pretty much was the first week I was in bed. And then the second week I was kind of hanging around the house. And then the third week I'd start feeling good and then they'd give it to me again. So, uh-huh. um so anyway, so this is one of those periods of time when I was hanging around um, and just kind of laying low. And a friend of mine came over and we were chatting and he asked me, so what are you going to do now, you know, that you've had this this big interruption in your life? Are you going to use this as an opportunity to change anything? Or are you just going to go back to doing what you were doing before? 
Um, in other words, just go back to work when you're, you know, better. Um, and I told him, I, uh, I gave him this long list of courses that I wanted to take. I was going to take music theory and piano lessons and um, studio, this and that. And, um, and it, midway through rattling off this list, he's, he just was like, why? Why do you want to take all these classes? And I said, well, I, I want to write songs. And he said, this is what he said to me that changed everything. He said, you have a voice. You have something to say. You can start writing songs right now. You don't need to take all those classes. <laughs> and, you know, this was part of my belief that I wasn't enough to do what I wanted to do. You know, that, that I didn't have the special genes, so I needed to take a whole bunch of classes and maybe by some, you know, uh, if I just put in enough work, maybe I'd be able to figure out how to write songs. And he just basically just blew that whole belief system apart and gave me permission to start doing something that I'd wanted to do my whole life. You know, um, the other thing that's interesting to me about that is that, um, you know, I do groups for um, women with cancer. I, I, I hang out with a lot of people in the midst of treatment. And you're kind mm-hmm. of, there's kind of a thin veil thing going on. Um, Absolutely. You know, your skin, you're missing at least one layer of skin. And so what I imagine hearing that is that it got in in a very deep way when he said that. Yes. That. A- absolutely. It, it kind of hit the core there. And, 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 and you believed him. I did believe him. And the other thing that he did that really helped me is he said, because at this point, I didn't know really anything about music theory or how to play chords on the piano or anything like that. He said, if you need help with the chords, you can bring your songs over and I'll help you with the chords. So mm-hmm. he wasn't just giving me permission, but he was also saying, I'll help you. And um, so for the next couple of year or two, I would write songs uh, and pretty much write them almost a cappella, um, so melody and uh, lyric, and then I would bring them over to his place, and I'd sing them, and I knew what the chords needed to sound like in my head, but I didn't know how to name them. So he would basically go through and play every possible chord, <laughs> and so we got to the one that I was hearing in my head, and go, that's the one. <laughs> and then we'd go on to the next part of the song until, you know, we did the whole, figured out the chord progression for the whole song. Uh, and during this process, I then, in addition to, you know, just starting to write the songs, I did start taking all those classes. And since then, I in 2013, I actually completed my master's in music. So... Um, now I can do my own chords, <laughs> uh, and I can play my own instruments. Um, but, but had he not had that conversation with me, I'm not sure that that would have happened. I have this fantasy that part of that, of course, was that he was your friend and he loved you, but also that perhaps he wanted to hear the songs that were going to come out of you. That may be, that may well be. Uh, you know, there's there's some people I know in my life. I just want to hear their full voice because I f- I believe it will be mighty and awesome. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I wonder if that might have been part of it because that's that's a big commitment on his part, isn't it? To to nourish somebody else's music that way. Right. Well, what's interesting about it is he's not a songwriter. Huh. That's even the more interesting piece of the whole thing. Um, he's a he's great arranger. He's a he's a musician, but not a yes. songwriter. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's one thing that I've learned too is that great musicians 
aren't necessarily great songwriters and vice versa. True enough. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely examples of people who are virtuosic in both regards, but there's plenty of examples of, of people who do one particularly well and the other not well at all. Mm. And maybe some musicians don't, don't even want to write. And right. some writers don't want to perform. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. all different combinations, aren't there? Right. So yeah. I'm aware in the background this whole time that you were, and, and I think you still are married to the same person. Is that yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. She said yes. hesitantly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that would be scary if I said no. We split up. No, but we yeah. didn't. We're still together. Well, True. that can happen too. Yeah. But um, being aware that uh, I was pretty sure I was right that you were still married um, to the same person, yeah. and um, his name is Greg by the way. Greg. So Greg, I'm aware of him in the background um, as someone whose destiny was integrally tied to yours and you're making uh, really radical changes and, you know, I happen to know you moved too. Right. Um, So how was that? How How did you navigate that together? Well, we've had a really interesting um, partnership uh, because when we first got together, well, first of all, we met, uh, we, we don't recall this, but, but we have documentary evidence that shows that we met in the fourth grade in, oh um, in summer enrichment program. And the reason we know this is because we were both we both had our poems published on the same, you know, as being part of the same summer enrichment um, class. And we were published on the same page. So, but we don't recall each other until about seventh grade, maybe, when we were both in youth orchestra. And I'm, and I remember him from then and he remembers me. Um, So we've known each other for a really long time. And we were friends before we, you know, ever got together. Uh, but when we actually officially got together, Greg was uh, a poet and I was a lawyer. So I was in the corporate world and he was much more in the creative world. And as our, as we've been navigating through the various paths of life, we have actually switched roles so he he's in the corporate world now, and I'm an artist. And so that uh, you know, I, I there's this story I love where these people are together fifty years, and someone asks the husband, "How have you stayed married to the same woman for fifty years?" And he says, "That's easy. She's not the same woman." Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh-huh. Um, that's that's, really that's what that makes me think of. Uh-huh. <laughs> you've you've kind of been able to evolve with each other in right. and and support each other to do that, which exactly. Uh, and and I I can also imagine having lived with someone who um, had had a cancer diagnosis for a long 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 time that that's a real. Um, it can be a lot of different things, but it can be a very deepening thing. That's one thing it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think it made it perhaps easier for him to say, yes, do your music, go for it, um, yeah. that, that you had been through that together? I think so, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And also that he had had, a, you know, a pretty good long run of doing um, poetry and filmmaking and really decided that he didn't want to do that anymore um, without regard to whether I was doing an artist role. 
Um, so I think, he, and he also loves his job. I mean, there are there are great corporate jobs, and he happens to have one. So I think that helps a lot. He is able to be very creative and use a lot of his um, interpersonal skills and um you know, the kinds of things that you learn how to do as a filmmaker, you know, get people to to come together to create something new. Um, he ends up being able to use a lot of those same skills and the same enthusiasm in his work. So I think it's it's worked out quite well. Indeed. I, I wanna I wanna change subjects just okay. a tiny bit. Uh, not entirely, but um you know, I noticed just listening to a lot of your music. Thank you for that. <laughs> I love to interview musicians because uh, <laughs> I get to listen to their music. Um, but some of the songs are very specific to, um, some are just specific to change and inspiration. And and then a few are very specific to having gone through cancer. And I noticed that you actually wrote and we're going to share it in a, f- a little bit of it in a few minutes a song specifically for uh was it a walk a cancer walk well you're talking about the song why we walk why we walk yes yeah well i have been um invited to perform at various you know cancer events over the years and i really wanted to have a song that could be shared and would be uplifting and was written for um, not just people going through cancer, but survivors and their families. And so I couldn't, I didn't know of any songs like that. So I decided to write one and um, released it in um, 2015, specifically uh, for Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, which is in September every year. Uh, but I, here's the challenge with, for songwriters is to be able to write something that's specific yet universal at the same time. So I really put a lot of care into, you know, if you're, if you're in the ovarian cancer community, you can see there are little tips of the hat to our experience, but this song can, and, and can and has been used at Alzheimer's walks, at um, ALS walks, breast cancer walks, um, cancer in general walks, and and also, of course, um, ovarian cancer walks. And I think let's, it could be used in a lot of different settings. So let's hear a little bit about a little okay. bit of that before our segment's over. Okay. the mountaintop We're walking for a cure Obviously, a lot more to the song, but I, that gives gives us all a, a flavor. Um, and I can imagine that I, when I was li- for, listening to it for the first time, I was, you know, picturing myself at a walk. I've participated in such things yes. um, with a big, you know, loudspeaker system uh, blaring that across a huge field. Uh, that's what I saw listening. Yes. That's is that kind exact, of how it usually a, is? Yes. Um, I've actually been invited to perform this 
at several walks, and that's exactly how it is. Uh, I haven't done it with a live band. I've done it with these backing tracks. So I'm on stage, and then the backing tracks are blaring it out, and um, and people sing along because there's a sing-along section too, and that's one of the things that I love about this song is it's participatory as well as being a performance, you know, so everybody gets a chance to participate in it. I wanted to share this song in particular, and then we'll go to the break after I, after I say why, because some, um, some things that come out of uh, um, some challenging life event are only tangentially related in a sense, and some are just directly related. That song has inspired people, and and it, it exists because of your experience, and um, that always catches my attention. That, mm-hmm. that song would not be in the world, it wouldn't be impacting people like that um, without your experience, and I find that moving. Thank you. So let's take a break and then we'll be right back and and okay. listeners you can go to my website weatheringgrief.com to look look at more about me or the good grief host page of course and to find patricia bahia go to patriciabahia.com back soon Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I'm here with Patricia Bahia, singer-songwriter, whose uh, career kind of blossomed after her cancer diagnosis with ovarian cancer. And uh, I want to get in this segment to um, where this is all gone, because we've we've kind of been talking about the beginnings uh, with with little mentions about getting a master's and <laughs> moving <laughs> moving to Los Angeles and this and that. But um, where would you say music is for you now, your career, uh, you know, what you're doing with music now? Well, I'm doing two things. Um, I do a lot of collaborations. So I work uh, with other songwriters, and this is the most wonderful thing about songwriting, is most songwriters get together with other songwriters and join together and create something uh, new that comes from both of their experiences. Not everybody does co-writing, but a lot of us do. And it's just a wonderful experience. Um, so I do a lot of that. I also still continue to write uh, for myself as an artist. So sometimes the co-writes are for me as an artist. Most of the time the co-writes are for another project, um, 
the other, you know, one of the songwriters that I'm writing with is the singer on it, not me. Um, and then most recently, I've had this just lovely experience. Last year, I met a, a young woman from London who was in the U.S. for a songwriting camp that I went to. And we just hit it off and we kept in touch and we ended up writing a whole record over FaceTime. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we had to time it because she's eight hours ahead. So, um, yes, I've had guests. I'm well aware of <laughs> the challenges. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, it'll be like my Friday morning and it'll be her Friday night kind of thing. Um, anyway, we, we wrote a whole record uh, over FaceTime and then she came to Los Angeles earlier this year and we recorded five of the songs and uh, we just released our first single which is called Great Day to Be Alive and it just came out on Friday last week so less than a week ago mm-hmm. and um, it's a, it's another song that's been inspired you know by partly by my experience um, as a cancer survivor um, but also equally by Betty's experience as you know a young woman um, finding her way in this crazy world that we live in. Mm. Would you? How would you feel about sharing a little of that song? I want people to go buy it, so we're not going to clip it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's see. Can I sing it a cappella? I'll just. You know what? I I'll do a tiny little bit of it. Thank you. Okay. I got up on the bright side, nothing's gonna bring me down today. I'm talking to the mirrors, they gotta get out of my own way. I'm on the edge of the beginning, I'm at the start of something new. I can see the silver lining, yeah, it's coming into view. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be alive. Feeling good and loving life. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be alive. Well, that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> There's nothing like live singing. <laughs> I know. On the little headset, I'm not sure how well it came across. but Oh, well, um, it sounded good to me. Awesome. Uh, and, the, and what will that, what will the entire um, collection be called? Did you mention? Yes, it's called The Brighter Side. The Brighter Side. Yeah, that's the name of the of the five song EP, and the group's name is Seventh and Hope. That's the name of the project, and it's basically luck and optimism. So, that's what so seventh the seventh is, is, is is luck. Lucky number luck. seven. Uh huh. Luck and grace. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and it, interestingly, it turns out there's an intersection in downtown Los Angeles at Seventh and Hope, and um, the you know the few people that that know about this project, everyone always says, "Did you name it after Seventh and Hope? Did something happen? Is that where you met Betty?" I was like, "No, we just we really liked the name." And then it turns out there is an intersection there, um, but it's just a metro station, and I think maybe a Walgreens or something. Huh. Just regular old street, huh? Uh-huh, exactly. I know you've also collaborated some with uh, someone I had on the show recently, Milk, uh, and and um, I can imagine that collaboration very well, listening to your music and having uh, heard her. Yes, she is an amazing artist. I love her so much, and I love all the songs that we've written together. And if things go according to plan, one of the songs that she and I co-wrote with uh, another songwriter who I also write with a lot named Athena Marie, um, 
if things go according to plan, we're going to have uh, a song on Milk's upcoming EP. Fantastic. Yeah. So I'm um, fingers crossed for that. I will, uh, for it's sure. In the pl- you know, it's the plan now, but things, you know, can change. Right. <laughs> things so. morph. <laughs> for sure. But I'm really looking forward to that. And did you did you go to L.A. because there's so much music, or did you go to go to school? How did you pick there? Well, we originally came to Los Angeles because Greg was doing indie film, and he wanted to come down here to pursue um, getting a film finished that he had been working on and you know, getting it out into the world. And... Uh, I came along uh, rather reluctantly. I didn't want to leave Oakland Interfaith. I, there was a lot of musical things that I was doing in the Bay Area that I didn't want to leave. Um, but the irony is coming down here um, freed up my time so that I actually had time to learn to play my instruments and spend time on, on songwriting mm. because, as you know, the um, the schedule, uh, the performance schedule for Oakland Interfaith is is pretty intensive. Indeed. And, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the irony of it is, I, I didn't want to come down here, but it ended up being probably the best thing I could have ever done. Um, the other thing that's been fantastic about it is that the film and TV world is so centered here in Los Angeles that I've ended up having a lot of opportunities to have music that I've written um, appear on TV shows and oh. um, and be used in, in other licensing opportunities, which I think would have been much more difficult to have happen had I remained in the Bay Area. So it's been a really great growth experience for me. And then I ended up getting my master's at Cal State Los Angeles, uh, where they have a a really great program for um, commercial music. So writing, you know, popular music, as opposed to um, classical or jazz. Um, So that was really a great experience for me as well. That's that's really interesting that that changes for him. You didn't have to talk him into anything there, you know. Your your changes coincided. Exactly. Uh, that's that's a lovely um serendip- serendipity. Yeah, it really you know, you if you look at it, I think this happens for a lot of people. Um while you're in it, it doesn't seem like there's really any kind of plan. It doesn't seem to be making any sense. But then when you get the long view and you take sort of the aerial view of it, it looks like it was a straight line. Like, of course, this is how it happened. Do you think this might be the perfect moment to um, clip a little bit of Be the Change? Absolutely. <laughs> Do you want to say anything first? Um. Well, this song uh, is a pretty early song for me, even though it hasn't been released. Um, it took me a while to get like the perfect um, recording of it. And uh, folks, when you hear it, you'll hear there's this lovely children's choir um, on this song singing along with me on the chorus. And that it was just a fantastic experience working with um, kids both here in L.A. and um, in the Bay Area. And I feel like this song um, is, in a way, uh, kind of a theme song for my mission Mm. in life, which is I really want to model for people that they can follow their dreams. And just by being myself and following my own heart, um, it's kind of a radical act in this world that we live in. Um, And hopefully I can show people that, you know, it's not too late and they can do it too. Because I I meet a lot of women who uh, 
speak to me about, oh, you know, I wish I could fill in the blank. Um, yes. Learn an instrument, take voice lessons, learn how to write songs. Um, and I always tell them that if they are hearing that whisper, if they have that pull, that that's their soul communicating and not to ignore it. Don't mm. wait for a cancer diagnosis. Don't wait mm. so you've lost the weight or the kids are in school or you've retired or, you know, whatever the yes. thing is. Just Yay. Well, let's play that. Okay. Let's just do it. <laughs> That's lovely. All those lovely little voices there. (laughs) I know. They were so cute. Imagine having that in your memory bank, you know, somewhere in the back of your mind, be the change for the, for your life. Uh, Cause I, cause I find, you know, kids take everything in, but they don't always act on it for a very long time, but that's in there somewhere now. (laughs) Oh, I never thought of that. That's so great. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I my kids are all grown. They're um, 24 and up. And I see that things that were planted in them are now flowering, are now coming out. So that's what I was thinking about, listening yeah. to those beautiful voices. So it's about time for us to say goodbye for today. And um, I just really want to thank you because I get very happy interviewing musicians <laughs> so thank you for being with me today and um i'm sure well, i'm sure i'll see you around now and then when you come to visit the choir absolutely thanks again and and um listeners of course you can go to patricia patricia bahia dot com to find patricia's music and everything else she does next week i'll have matt wolf a filmmaker who's a, who has a keen interest in the legacy of artists who died of AIDS in the midst of their careers, will explore how their work is kept alive. This has been Good Grief, Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.